The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot zerura b'tzol ha'chayim. Amen. Daf Tetvav. Today's daf has been dedicated anonymously. Today's daf is being studied. The ilui neshmat Acham Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem tanihem began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Yudalad Amud Bet. One, two, three, four, five lines from the bottom. Starting with the Gemara, we learned in the Mishnah that there were different Hotamot in the Beit HaMikdash. Hotamot we explained as uh, tokens or uh, tickets or seals as they are, and they had different names of different types of Korbanot on those seals. And the purpose of them was, is the person that would need a certain Korban that obligated himself in certain Nesachim, certain uh, wine libations, so he would buy the seal, and he would go to the vendor that sells the uh, wine in the Beit HaMikdash. He'd give him the seal, and he'd give him the proper uh, wines that he needed. So we had a makhluk in the Mishnah between Tanakama and Ben Azai. Tanakama said that one of the seals said on it, Choteh. Choteh is a sinner, which is actually talking about a Mitzorah. Because we said that the person that gets Mitzorah is usually because he committed some sort of sin. So they put Choteh, and then uh, he would go cash it in. But Ben Azai said that you need two of them. You have Choteh Dal and Choteh Ashir. So you had altogether five seals. When it came to the Mitzorah, there's the rich Mitzorah that brings, you know, three Korbanot. And then you have the Mitzorah Dal that brings one Korban. So the blood, I mean the wine libations are different. So Ben Azai uh, we can understand that you need uh, two separate uh, two separate ones. So the Gemara says, but we have another question. Seemingly, the wine of a Gedi, that was one of the seals, Gedi, the person has to bring a uh, goat to the Beit HaMikdash, seemingly is the same Shi'ur as a Choteh Dal. So technically, you could have gave him the Gedi token, and you know, all you're doing is cashing it in for Nisakim. So therefore, give him the Gidi one, and you get the same, uh, you get the same shi'ud. So the Gemara asks, Uchben Azai, Choteh Dal, Lama. A Choteh Dal would bring Shilosha Lugim of Shemin. Exactly the shi'ud of the Gidi. And the Asaron of, uh, of uh, Yain. So therefore the Gemara says, we didn't need a special one. So the Gemara says, Haya mevi lugo emmo. The Shitab bin Azai is that he would also have to purchase an extra log. There was the three logim of Shemin, but there was an additional log that had to be purchased. Why? Because they would uh, sprinkle that on the bohen, on the thumb of the Mitzorah on his thumb and on his toe, his big toe. So there was an extra log for sprinkling. So Ben Azai holds, he would uh, buy that from the Beta Mekdash's vendor. So therefore giving the Gidi uh, token is not going to help you. Because it's three Lugin plus an extra log. So you're giving a token that's worth three log, it's not going to get you for the fourth log. So that's the Shita of Ben Azai. Now, according to Tarakama, then the question is, how come you don't have one for Chotedal? If Chotedal needs four lugin of Shemin, you don't have a token that's worth four lugin. So the Gemara says, Beram. However, Kerabbanan, Mevi. According to the rabbis, they would bring the extra from their home. 
meaning the three you bought from the Bet HaMikdash, and the fourth extra they sprinkled on his finger, and his thumb, and his toe, that came from his house. Now what's the logic like this? Normally speaking, we never trusted people to bring the goods from the house. Why? Because they wanted to bring it with tahara. You know, you don't want to put stuff on the Mizbeach, that's not going to be tahara. We don't trust the guy from his house, who knows what it came in contact with. But in the Bet HaMikdash, we can control exactly the tahara. However, this extra log did not go on the Mizbeach. It only went on his thumb and on his big toe. So therefore, we're not so... Mahmir will say that it has to come from the treasury of the Bet HaMikdash, so he can bring it home. So according to the rabbis, since he's bringing the fourth log from his house, the Gidi token was enough to cash in to get the three log. So basically the mahluk between a banan and ben azai is where did the extra log of shemin come from? Ben azai says it came from the treasury of the Bet HaMikdash, I mean it came from the vendor of the Bet HaMikdash and al Kamim say it came from home. Kavz Gevarana asks the next question Niske Rahel Ma If somebody brings a Rahel a Rachel is a female lamb. Right, so some of the Qurbanot, you bring a female lamb. What is the Nesachim for a female lamb? What is the Shi'ur? So the Gemara says, Min ma'aditninan. Well, actually we can deduce this from what it says in the Mishnah. Gedi, the token that said Gedi on it, Mishamesh niske son gedolim, uktanim, zikharim, unkebot. Very good. We know that the Gedi token took care of uh, son, sheep. Big ones, small ones, male and female. So you see that the Rahel, which is a female sheep, that gets the same shi'ud as the Gedi. Whatever the uh, shi'ud is. Kabbalah says, Hada Amri, from here we learn, Niske Rahel, Kiniske Gedi. You see that whatever the shi'ud of the Gedi is, for the Nesachim, that's going to be the shi'ud of the so from the Mishnah really answered that question. <coughs> now the Gemara is going to prove it from Pesukim. Because it says in Parashat, Shalach Lecha. Kacha ya'asel lashor ha'ehad, o la'ayil ha'ehad, o la'seb ba'kibasim, o ba'zim. This person is telling you the Nesachim for all these items. A shor is an ox, an ayil is a ram, seh, Bekevasim would be sheep, or Ba'azim would be goats. Now all this pasuk is extra. <coughs> Why? Because the Nisakin for all these items already was written in the Torah somewhere else. So the question the Gemara is going to be, what do you need this pasuk, which is totally extra, what is it coming to teach us? So the Gemara is going to doresh from each word a different derash. The Gemara says, Lashor Ha'echad, he told me for the Shor God brings an ox, Lama Ne'emar, what do you need it for? Already we know the Nesachim of Ashur are, are, are written. Uh, that there's no difference between an eagle, which is a calf, to a shor, which is an ox. An eagle is just a small shor. Right? Let's say an eagle is one year old. After one year old, already it turns into a shor. So the Pasuk is saying, Lashor Ha'ihad. Regarding all types of shores, it's ihad, it's one type of nisakhim. Meaning there's no qiluk between egel and shore. That's the first hadush. Now the Gemara is going to say, because I would have thought that there should be a difference. Meaning there's a hadush in this. Why, why would I have thought? So the Gemara says, Shaya bidin, it would have made sense to make a hadush between an egel and a shore. Why? Because ben hason ta'un nisakhim, which means already there's son and there's bakar. One is sheep and one is cattle. Already the Torah clearly made a difference between son and bakar. For example, there's a difference between keves and an ayil. A keves is a, uh, a sheep and a uh, Ayil is a ram. Kevis is one year old. Ayil is two years old in the second year. And the, clearly the Torah makes a look between a Kevis and an Ayil. So I would have thought, just like there's a difference between a Kevis and an Ayil, so there's a difference between an Ayil and a Shor. So the Gemara says, 
which means uh, a kevis is a nevi'i tahin, and the ske'ayel is shilishi tahin. That's the measurements. Lechach, nahalok bin iske'ayel and iske'ashor. The logic tells me keep, keep it consistent. Just like you make a difference between a kevis and an ayel, make a difference between a that's the first item. Next item. When it comes to the rams, you have a certain shi'ur. But it's what tells us already, ayil. What do you have to repeat, ayil? So the Gemara says, Because logically I would have said, then escape in Chinatayim. Already we saw there's a difference between a one year and a two year. A kevis, which is one year, has one shi'ud. And an ayil, which is the second year of its life, has a different shi'ud, right? So I would have said also that what? That maybe there's a difference like kach nahlok bin niskesh chinatayim bin niskesh halosh. I might have made the difference in ayils themselves. A two year ayil and a three year ayil. Mm-hmm. Meaning already we see age makes a difference. Right? There's a difference between one and two. So make a difference between two and three. The kachneimot amudomar or the ayil ayhad, which means the ayil ayhad. Once an ayil becomes an ayil at the age of two, it stays an ayil, and therefore it's the whole time. Okay. Comes Gemara and goes one step further. Gemara says, "Ola se bekevasim." Se would be the sheep, right? Lama neimar. And we know already, the Torah clearly tells us, the shi'ud of the Nesachim of a sheep. because logically I would have said, Back to that. Kevis is a one year, Ayl is a two year. We made a hiluk between them. So I would have made a difference in the female, a kisba is a one year, a lamb. And the Rahel is a two-year. Rahel is older than a uh, than a Kevis. Kevis is one uh, in a female. We call it a Kisba when it's one year old. When it gets to two year old, it turns into a Rahel. So I would have made a Hiluk just like we made a difference between a Kevis and an Ayil. Right? Kevis is one year, Ayil is two year. We made a Hiluk in the Nesachim. So I might have said what? That when it comes to the female, when it comes to the Kisba, and the Rahel, I also would have made a Hiluk in the Nesachim. And therefore it says, Tabu Dabar, to come and tell you that what? There's no Hiluk between Kivasim. Which means all the Kivasim are going to be the same. Whether it's a Kivas or a Rahel, it's going to have the same Shi'ur. So Kazi Gabbana says, last, last word that's extra. Oh, Ba'izim. Okay, goats. Then it's extra. Why is it extra? Because the Torah tells us already the Shi'ur of the Sakhim for goats. Lamana Imar. What do you need to tell to me for? When I says, <coughs> so incidentally, comes out the only haluk is between a kevis and an ayil. But in kevasim themselves, there's no haluk. Kevis is a one year, ayil is a two year. There, the Torah does make a haluk. Ayil has its own nesachim. However, in the kevasim themselves, there's no haluk, meaning from a kevis or kisba to a ha'il. There's no The only haluk so far we've seen is between a kevis and an ayil. Ayil has its own. That's why, if you remember, one of the Khotamot said, Ayl. In the Bethlehem, one of the four is Ayl. It has its own section, because it has its own deed. Now, Oba'izim. Lama ne'emar. Shaya bedin im matzalu shalik bin iske kevis and iske Ayl. Back to that again. If we see we make a difference between a kevis and an Ayl, a one year and a two year, lekach nahluk bin iske gedi katan bin iske tayish. Right. A gedi is one year. A tayish is two years. It's in the goat family. So therefore, just like you made a, a difference in the sheep family, between a, a one year and a two year, I would make a difference between a one year and a two year, and a gidi. The taish is the two years. It's the older one. So comes the Gemara and says, Tamud Omar, O Ba'izim. When it comes to goats, they're all equal. Hakish katan ba'izim, the gadosh b'tayashim. The smallest of the kids is equal to the biggest of the goats. He goats, which means is the the uh, older ones. Ma'zeh b'shloshet lugin, Abzeh b'shloshet lugin. Just like the small one is shatri log, so the big one is three logs. That's basically the Nesachim story over here. Basically we're saying, the only difference we found over here is really between a keves and an ayl. But all the other Halukim uh, stay the same. All the other um, differences between one year and two years stays the same. Kisba and uh, Rachel 
in areas of one year and a tayish of two years, all of them are equal. Now we go to the next halakha. Halakha dalid, and we start the Mishnah. Shte l'shchot, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, v'shem ayom katuv. We put the date, or the day actually, on the Chotamot. We don't just say in the Mishnah. That the reason why they put the day on it is, is to limit the tricks, the ramayim. The crooks in the Bet HaMikdash are what we worried about. So we said there was two concerns that we were worried about. Number one, somebody just might pick up one of the tokens that fell on the floor and come back the next day. Well, now that it says the day on it, so that's it, he can't come back. And it says Monday on it, so he can't come back on uh, Tuesday. So that'll stop the thieves. And also we said if the price fluctuates, I mean if the price of oil or wine uh, goes up, so he'll save the token that he bought wine and oil for cheap, and he'll come back when the prices go up, so he'll save money. Meanwhile, Hikdash is going to take a hit. So therefore, we put a day on it, so he cannot come back. So the Gemara is going to ask, well, putting a day really doesn't solve it. Because day, you can always come back next week on the same day. That's just Monday. So wait a week, he'll come back the following Monday. So that really doesn't solve the uh, issue. So the Gemara says, Hagabah atzmecha. You have to, uh, you have to say, when she's putting the day is not going to be enough. You're going to have to put also the um, the name of the mishmar, which means they would put a Tuesday on the week of the family of so and so. Because every week there was another family of Kwani working in the Beit Hamikdash, so they would have to write the mishmar. Oh, so that already makes it a little more. Uh, you know, uh, detailed, so exactly, you cannot play games. So the Gemara says, well, Even so, So what's the difference? If the Mishmarot went every uh, you know, 24, uh, you know, 24 rounds, they would come back. So I'll hold it. Which means for sure the Mishmar is going to work on that day again sometime. So hold the token for six months, and uh, on Tuesday when that mishmar is working again, you'll give him the, uh, the the token. So you still didn't protect the hegdish. Uh, so the Gemara says, "Shem hayom, u'shem Shabbat, v'shem Chodesh hayakatuv alehem." Shem hayom, yom shlishi, meaning Tuesday. Shem Shabbat, they would say the first week of the month, Chodesh Nisan. To the Mishmar of Yoyariv, for example. Mm-hmm. Now that, the odds are, it's not going to happen again, that next year, in the first week of Nisan, the same Mishmar is going to be working. Because, you know, it's usually between the uh, leap years and the months change, so therefore, that already is enough protection. So they put, a, again, the day, the, the week, meaning the first week, second week of the month, with the name of the Mishmar on it. Which is even if um, it's, it's possible to happen, but uh, it's not going to happen once in many years. Which is, it will happen again. It will happen then the first week of Nisan, but you have to hold it for six years. So we're not worried such a long time that the guy's going to hold the token. So that's ready. We need to make, a, uh, make an item. Okay, comes the new Mishnah. Halakha Dalid Matnitin. Shte Lishachot Hayu Bemigdash. Okay, there were two Lishachot, we'll call them um, boxes. Yeah. No, no, this is, Lishachot is uh, chambers where they used to collect uh, different uh, Tzedakot. Akupot. Akupot. What's the word he says? Chambers. Chambers. Okay. This refers to like a, a box where they used to put funds. Now, what was called Lishkat Hashain? Hashain means private, hidden, which we'll see what that was for. And what was called the Lishka for the collection of vessels? What were these items? Lishkat Hashain, the uh, the box that they collected for, in private uh, or anonymously, the God-fearing people would just give donations. They put it there quietly, without anybody knowing. The hashai, hiddenly, clandestinely. And the anim that came from the good families, 
they would also go there, you know, privately, so they don't get embarrassed, and they take from there. So that was like an anonymous system in the Beit HaMikdash that had a certain box that was given voluntary donations by the good people, the God-fearing people, and the Anim would go, you know, nobody's looking, they could take from the box, you know, as they will. Now, the Shkata Kelim, what is this, uh, the Shkata Kelim? Kol Mishumitnadev Keli, Zorko Letocha, which is you were able to actually donate vessels to the Beit HaMikdash. A guy has a, uh, a bowl. You know what? He doesn't need the bowl. He wants to make it to the Beit HaMikdash. So you go to put it in the, in the box. Now, they would go empty it out. How often? Once every 30 days, They would open up the box and see exactly uh, what's in there. What's in the treasury of Kelim. Now, now, the treasury of Beit HaMikdash, they don't need every single keli. The ones that they needed, meaning to use in the Beit HaMikdash, they would take them. What would they do with the rest? The sha'ar, the stuff they didn't need, nimkarim, sell them, vidbehem noflim, the Beit HaMikdash. And their money would fall to the treasury of the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? Now, comes the Gemara. Rabbi Yaakov bar Idi, Rabbi Yitzhak bar Nachman. Havan Padnasim. They were the communal leaders of their uh, community. Havan Yahavin, Rabbi Hama, avoid Rabbi Yehoshaya Dinar. They would give the charity to this rabbi, Rabbi Yehoshaya. They would give him a dinar. Vehu Yahiv Leh. And they would give it lechoranin. They would give it to others. It seems that the Aniim, they were embarrassed to take straight from the Panasim, from the leaders. So they would give the tzedakah in a modest way. They'd give it to Rav Hoshaya. It seems the Aniim weren't embarrassed to take it from Rav Hoshaya. So they, they, the Gemara tried to show you that when you're giving tzedakah, you have to give it bechokhmah. You can't just give the tzedakah and embarrass the Ani. So these were good leaders. They were, they were in charge of the welfare of Ani Israel. Mm-hmm. But they made sure that the tzedakah got to the Ani in a mechubad way, in a respectful manner. So they would give it through a third party, and he would deliver it to the Ani. The Taklin says, mm-hmm. Right? He would... Uh, he would uh, give him the money to, to, to that person, and he didn't need the money. When he gave it, it was purpose to give it to other people. Good. Rabbi Zechariah. Uh, Rabbi Zechariah. Hatne de Levi. Okay, so the son-in-law of Rav Levi. His name was Rabbi Zechariah. Hayu hakol milizin alav. Everybody was gossiping on him. Why? Amrin de Lotzarich. He doesn't need charity. Vehu Nasav. But he takes. He was on the list of the charity people. So he would take every month or whatever it is, uh, take uh, his money. So the people said, What kind of business is this? This guy's a rich guy. He has money. And he's taking. That was the gossip that went around with this rabbi. Min de Damach. When he died, Badkin, they checked him out. They saw that all the tzedakah he took, he gave it out to others. Which he didn't keep it for himself. He was uh, taking it because he knew some people might be embarrassed to take it directly from the Gabaim tzedakah. So he would accept the take in order to keep other people's dignity and not embarrass them. So he would give it out to them. So obviously the gossip was unfounded. That's why it's called gossip. Comes the Gemaran continues. Rabbi Hinina Bar Papa Havam Maflig Mitzvah Bililia. He used to give out the tzedakah at night because he wanted to do it b'tzna'ah. He didn't want anybody to see. He didn't want to embarrass. So he gave it, you know, like anonymously at night. Okay. Hazeman, one time, Pagabir Behon Diruhaya. He met the chief of the spirits. The demons or the spirits, they come out at night. So the rabbi is out there giving out his uh, tzedakah, he's doing his mitzvot. Mm-hmm. And now the chief of the spirits uh, sees him. He tells Amar Leh, Lo chen alfan, didn't you learn the pasuk that says, Lo tasi gevul ve'acha, that you're not allowed to encroach on your friend's territory? 
meaning the nights are for the spirits over here. Uh, I mean, I can, I'm just supposed to be home at night. Don't do the encroach. You go out there. This is my territory. That's why the Gemara Berachot we learned that Tamir Hakam should not go out. Yehi Malayla because you have uh, the spirits. So he's trying to tell him it's my territory. Uh, so he tells him Amalei Ketiv. So he's arguing with the spirit in Pesukim. He says, "What do you mean? Don't you know the pasuk that says Matan Baseter Af?" Which is when a person gives tzedakah privately, matamba said that he give it, you know, secret, secretively, like he, like he was doing. Yichve'af, it overturns the anger, which means I know exactly that it's dangerous to be out at night though because the spirit said. But I, I'm doing something that neutralizes that. Mm-hmm. How? I'm giving tzedakah basetet. So don't you know that that the tzedakah neutralizes any danger that can happen at night? So when the spirits heard this, they got scared from the rabbi. And what did they do? They ran away from him. Which means with that answer, we saw that the tzedakah at night, if it's given in a hidden way, so then already it's mutad. And the poskim won't talk about this. Really the night is the time of deen. There's a whole she'ela, are you allowed to give tzedakah at night? Because it's a time of judgment, like we saw the spirits around, stuff like that. So the post can bring down that really if you're going to give tzedakah at night, you should give it in a, in a, a, a seted way, in a more uh, hidden way, not in uh, public. And then already you will be saved from the, uh, from the, um, from the spirits. I'm quoting from the Birkei Yosef. The Birkei Yosef is an order Hayim Siman Resh Lamedhe. He writes, from the name of the Arizal, and he wrote the He proves of the Yerushalmi that tzedakah does work at night. However, he says she's the Ari was only telling you what if you give it in public. So b'shut afrikistad there's no if Ani comes to you and says, I need the money. Will you come back tomorrow morning? Of course, you can't do that. The guy in the interim, something could happen to him. There's a issue in the Torah. You cannot harden your heart. That's what discussing. When a guy wants to give on his own free will. No, tzedakah that he wasn't solicited by. That's the discussion. Now, that rabbi came out. They have the tzedakah box. Right? You want to go put something in the bahashai? No problem. But in the kupa in his house... You know it's yours. What do you mean? Where it come from? The money. So therefore, he shouldn't put in the one in his house at night. And when they collect money in the synagogue for different things, they should collect it before they proudbeat. They shouldn't make the uh, collection after Arbit. So you see, there's a whole inyan over here of giving tzedakah at night. There's a whole inyan, midat adin and midat rachamim. In any event. You're right, but that's Baseter, but that's Baseter. That's only Baseter. You see, he said, I'm giving Baseter. He didn't just say, I'm giving Tzedakah. I'm giving Tzedakah would not have gotten rid of the, the spirits and stuff like that. Okay, you're right, that's the auctions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> comes the comes the Gemara and continues. Comes the Gemara and continues. Now there, there it's different. There, they're pledging it. They're not giving the tzedakah at night. It's a pledge. Most people don't pay it that night. The auctions is another story. Auctions say he was on white package before. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Biyona. The Biyona says, Ashrei notel ladal en ketivkan. It doesn't say fortunate is the guy that gives the poor man. What does it say? Ela ashrei maskil eldal. Big difference between Noten, the guy who gives the poor guy, or Maskil Eldal. What is Maskil Eldal? Which means Maskil is that he analyzes. Fortunate is the guy that analyzes the way he gives the Sadaqah. Meaning he looks for the best way to give, not to embarrass the poor man. Notel Eldal would just mean he gives. He doesn't care. He gave the money. Maskil Eldal. He's Mistakil. He analyzes the right way. 
the, the Taklin says, Beheskil Bechokmah, with Sechel and wisdom, Shelo Yeba Eze Pehaitut. There should not be any lowliness in the giving. How? Ketzad. Hayar Biyona Ose, when Biyona would give Sadaka, Keshayar Oe Ani Ben Tovim, Shiarad Men Chasav. And he would see uh, an Ani that was originally a rich man, but he lost his money. So he came down. Haya Omer Lo, he would say, Beni. Means he would tell us, oh, I heard uh-huh. that you got an inheritance uh-huh. from somewhere else. So take the uh, money, and uh, when you get the inheritance, you'll pay me back. Uh-huh. Now, there was no such thing. So the guy, the Ani, would say, well, you heard I got an inheritance? He made it up in order that he'll, he'll take it, because the guy knows he's not going to take it. Uh-huh. He says, Listen, I know you have an inheritance coming to you, so I'm not worried about it, you'll pay me back. Min dahava nasiv, when the ani finally took it, hava amale matanai lecha. By the way, keep it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking it back. Which means he just needed him to accept it. Once he put it in his hands, he said, "By the way, it was a gift. I'll see you later." And he walked away. So therefore, that was bechokma. Hashem askil edal, because he knew the ani. If he could just going to tell me, it's charity. I know you need it. Okay. That is what I take it. So he created like a, <coughs> a scenario. <coughs> in order that will take it. You know what I'm saying? Hiya bar adah. Hayabar Ada, it hava savin biyuminun. There was, in his time, there were old men living. Savin. By old people. That is they. Man dehava hiv lehon, miven reshatalit sumaraba, hava nasbin. Which is, if you would have given them charities, old people. Between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, they would have accepted charity. Get the last one of it. Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Litzumarabah. Tzumarabah is the great fest, which is Kippur. Havan Nazbin. They would have taken charity between the ten days. Asari Betushubah. Min Batalken, but after Kippur, lo Havan Nazbin. They wouldn't have taken it. They didn't take it. Why? Amrin, the Shatan Gaban. The year is ahead of us. Wow. Which means they held like this. Why don't we judge finally and seal and stamp for the Pabnasa? Kippur. Now listen, whatever we're supposed to get now, it's in the books already. We can't get more, we can't get less. So therefore, we don't got to take from you anymore. But from Rosh Hashanah to Kippur, we're pending. And so therefore, it's not already sealed. So we can take now, because now it's not sealed. But once already it's sealed, we don't need extra. Hashem will give us our Pabnasa, whatever we're supposed to make. So that was there in Hag, only to take during Asiri. Nice. But anything after Al-Sirah, they rely on the Gezerah that was already uh, written for them and sealed to them in Shamayim. Nehamiah Ish Shihin. Right? We learned that Nehamiah was the one that used to be the pit digger. He used to dig the wells for the Oled Galim. Uh, well, I think uh, the Gershah changes it to Nehunyah. If you look at the Gimal, there is a Gimal here. And some change it to Nehunyah. That's what the Gimad does. In any event, what does it say? Pagabo Yerushalmi Yahad. He met a guy from Yerushalayim. Yerushalmi. He met him. Amale, so he told him, Zakha'imi Hadat Ternegulta. So he told Nehunyah, please, could you give me a hen? They have to know the olden days, a hen was very hashuf. The hen meat was even more hashuv than red meat. Right. So he told him, please, do a zikhut, give me a, a, a hen. Amar ha-lach tumite de kufar vizabin kufad. Ve'akhil. Which means, period, ve kufar. Here's a coin that's enough to buy meat. I'm not giving you money for a hen. A hen is too hashuv. Here's money, a tumita, that's the name of the coin, and go uh, buy a uh, go buy a, uh, a piece of red meat. Vahil, he went, he ate it, umit, and he died. <coughs> Which means, it seems, he was used to eating the meat of a hen. Now, he was used to it, because he was a rich guy once, so now he was used to it. Now, when he started to eat the other meat, he wasn't used to it, his body wasn't used to it, he died. So the man that Hamiyada gave him the tzedakah, he was screaming and saying, Come and eulogize the one that Nehemiah killed. Because he held himself responsible. Since he was worthy to eat the hen meat, 
Every time I go eat the uh, cheaper meat. He says he held himself responsible that as if he caused them to die. Hamza Gamaran says, Nahum Ish Gamzu. There was a tzaddik called Nahum Ish Gamzu. Some say he was called Gamzu because he always would say, Gamzu the Tova. That whenever something bad would happen that looked bad, he would say it's for the best. The Beruch Ha'nel says in Masechet Ta'anit that he was called Gamzu because that's where he came from. The city where he lived was called Gamzu. So they called Nahum Ish Gamzu. <coughs> anyway, Hayam Molich Doron Lebet Hamif. He was once bringing a gift to his father-in-law's house. Tagabo Mukashihin Ehad. So a guy that was all filled with boils, met up with him. A poor guy, miskin. Please give me whatever you have in your uh, packages over there. Give me something. Give me some panasa. mehzor. On the way back, which means I'm, let me go give the gift. On the way back, I'll uh, I'll take care of you. Hazar meat. By the time he got back, the poor guy was dead. amar So he faced the kibble. He was facing the corpse of the dead ani, and he said, The eyes that saw you and did not have mercy on you and give you, they should go blind. The hands that did not extend themselves to give you charity, they should be cut off. The legs that did not run to give you the charity, they should be uh, cut off. And it happened. And the Homish Gamzu became a paraplegic. He lost his hands, he lost his legs, and he went blind. And the Gemara Ta'anid says, and he had boils all over his body as well. Salik Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva came to visit him. Amar leh, Woe to me, Rabbi, that I have to see you in this state. Amar leh, Woe to me that I don't see you in a similar state. Right. So Amar Mm. The was, well, you're cursing me that I should be uh, like this? Well, you're spurning affliction? Which means this is a bit of for me. He says the affliction that I'm getting now in this world will clean me from Allah Baba. Which means he would say, well, you don't understand that afflictions are a good thing? He says, woe to you if you don't have afflictions like this as well. Because uh, that's what the tzaddikim have in this world in order that they should be clean in Allah Baba. So he's teaching the Akiva a lesson or a, a focus how to look at Yisudin, even at such a uh, high, uh, high level. Kanzi <coughs> Gamaran says... Now the, the Taklin Hati just explains that... When he says, my legs did not run fast enough, but originally, and then he says, on the way back, I should have ran quicker to get you. Because if I would have ran quicker, you still would have been alive. So he was claiming on the way back as well. Rabbi Hoshaya Rabba. Okay, Hoshaya Rabba. Hava Rabbi Divre, his son's rabbi. Hoshaya Rabba had a son. His son's rabbi, Rabbi Debre, had Sagin Nehora. He was one man that was blind. So the Roshayah was at Sadiq. Every day he would eat with the blind rabbi. Meaning he would give him tzedakah. He would give him food. He would eat with him. He would support him. Had Zeman, one day, one time, Havale Urhin. Rabbi Hoshaya had guests in his house. He, he wasn't able to go eat with the teacher, uh, teacher the blind teacher. Beramsha uh, in the afternoon, Salik le So he went to him. Please, the master should not be angry at me. Begin the because I had guests. Yomaden today, the Amarit. I said to myself. Which means I did not want to embarrass the master on such a day. Because what was going to happen? 
if I was going to bring the anim over here, I mean the guests over here, they would see that I give you lunch every day. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to embarrass you that you're taking uh, from me. So I, uh, I, I, I didn't show up. And that's why I did not eat with the master today. Amar leh. So the blind man says, he was appeased, he liked that answer. He said, Atapiasta, you have um, appeased. appeased. <laughs> you appeased a person that can be seen but cannot see. Then the Hame The one that can see but cannot be seen should also be appeased by you. So he said it and I gave him a nice benacha. Just like you appeased the one that can be seen but cannot see, so the one that can see but cannot be seen, he should be appeased by your ways as well. So what a beauty. Where did you get this Berakha from? Where did you get this beautiful uh, line? This saying is a beautiful saying. <coughs> so I once heard it from Rabbi Yaisab and Yaakov. What happened? Rabbi Yaisab and Yaakov A certain blind man came to the city. So what did Rabbi Yaisab and Yaakov do? He sat beneath him. Meaning he put the blind man above him. Why did he do that? Because he wanted everybody to see, wow, the Bidazib and Yaakov, he's putting the blind man above him. Must be this guy's a very important guy. Then they'll give him tzedakah. So he lowered his kavod for the kavod of the blind man. Says the Imrun, because the people would say, if this blind man was not a Hashul person, he would not have sat the Bidazib and Yaakov beneath him. They gave him a very substantial panasa. I mean, he collected very nicely. What's going on over here? Why did I get so much money? He was shocked the blind man. Ah, how did he make so much money over here in this community? So they told him, well, you know why? What do you mean? sat beneath you. Already you must be a casual person. So the blind man blessed the Be'ez of Yaakov with the following tefillah. You did a chesed with the one that can be seen but cannot see. The one that can see but can't be seen, he should do your chesed as well. So the blind teacher said, I heard it from the Be'ez of Yaakov. And therefore I use it on you as well. Kazi Gabarat says, Rabbi Chama Bar Hanina, the Rabbi Hoshaya, two rabbis, they were walking, they were walking by the synagogues in Lod. They Wow, how much money did my forefathers invest and um, uh, bury over here which means it was, must have been a very fancy synagogue that cost a lot of money wow what a money how much money was we were saying at the Sheva look at the beautiful synagogue that they built so he told them back how many lives were buried over here why why well, you didn't have people that were studying Torah. You didn't have uh, people that needed panasa. You wasted the funds for uh, making the synagogue fancy. You should have used the money uh, to pay for the, for, the, for, the, for the rabbis that were studying Torah. That's more important. So he was coming along and saying, "Oh, look how nice! What nice!" He says they were wrong. They should have took and taken the money instead and give it to the hachamim that are studying Torah. Rabbi Abun Avad Ilen <coughs> the Sidra Rabbah. The Gemara says that what? <coughs> Rabbi Avun made certain gates. And he made them for what? For the Sidra Rabbah, for the Bet Midrash Gadol. He donated the gates. Seems the gates of the yeshiva. He was the donor. He was very proud. Atar Rabbi Mana Gabe. So Rabbi Mana came to him and said, Amar He told Rabbi Mana. Look what I did. Look at these gates over here that I donated for the yeshivas. Kavod. For the Torah. 
So he quoted the following pasuk. He says, And B'nai Israel forgot their creator, and they went and they built uh, sanctuaries. This pasuk literally means sanctuaries for Abu Dazara. But he was telling him, he said, ah, This is what? You think I'm, I'm impressed by this? I'm not impressed. He says, They went, they forgot God, and they built sanctuaries. Why? You don't have people that study Torah? What you waste it on gates for? You should have gave it to the Hakamim. Yeah. Which means, what's it worth if you have a beautiful synagogue but the Hakamim don't have what to eat? And therefore what? They're forced to leave the learning and go now and make Panasah. Better you would have taken the money and give it to Tamid Hakamim that are able to sit and learn. So you see the same, uh, the same Hashkafa uh, again. Tane, we learned in the Mishnah. Kochea Mizbeya, we learned in the Brayta. Kochea Mizbeya. Which means, if you have that's the funds that were de- designated for the treasury of the maintenance of the Beit HaMikdash. Mm-hmm. So you're allowed to upgrade and use it for yes. If you want to take that money and buy a Qurban with it, Beautiful. You can take the money that's designated for a lower level and use it for a higher level. But the opposite you can't do. You can't take money that was designated for Kuchim Izbayah and use it for the upkeep, for the maintenance of the Beit HaMikdash. Let's read that inside again. Tari. Kuchim Izbayah. In order to buy Kuchim Izbayah, Korbanot, Mutsi'in Tara'uidahin, you can take what you need, from the maintenance fund. However, in Kuchim Izbayah, you cannot take money that you need for maintenance. You cannot take it from the money of the mizbeah. So the Gemara says, What do you mean? We looked at Mishnah. In the Lishkata Kelim, you had a certain office there, or a, a, a box. They used to collect vessels. What did they say they did with the vessels? If they needed the vessel, they would use it for the Beit HaMikdash. Vashi'ar. And the leftovers, what do they do? Nimkarim, they would sell them. Udmeim nuflim the betikah bayit. And the money we go to betikah bayit. Why betikah bayit? According to what you tell me now, anything that was donated to the treasury, the chavrak can be upgraded even to the kuchim izbayah. But from the fact that the Mishnah didn't say kuchim izbayah, it says dafka, the money falls to maintenance funds. Well, what do you mean? It should have said nuflim the betikah bayit or the kuchim izbayah, right? Yes. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar of Hiskiyah. No, the Mishnah is correct. It means it falls into the treasury. We're not saying what you spent it for. It falls into the Lishkat Bedekabayit, and then you, in the Lishkat you can spend it whatever you want. Which means normally, where would you put that extra money? The extra money you put in the Bedekabayit. Now, it's not telling you how to spend it. It didn't say you have to spend it on Bedekabayit. That's not what the Mishnah meant. It means the extra money you take, you put it in the Lishkat. In the fund of Beit Kabbai, what could you do with the fund of the Beit Kabbai? Whatever you want. You want to spend it on Beit Kabbai, or you want to spend it on uh, mm-hmm. on uh, on the We thought the Mishnah was telling you Only. how to spend it, meaning Al Beit Kabbai. No, 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 no. One thing, Al Beit Kabbai. It meant Lishkat Beit Kabbai. To the fund, and then the fund, like that, whatever the halakha is. We could spend it on either or Hadran, Alach, Berik, Eluhen, Hamemunin. Okay, now we move to the sixth Berik of Masechet Shekalim. Halakha Aleph. Matnitin. Shelosha Asar Shofarot. Okay, there were 13 Shofarot in the Beit HaMikdash. What were the Shofarot? Those were the uh, Shofar shaped boxes where they used to collect the tzedakah. We learned that the boxes were narrow on top and they were wide on the bottom. The Gibraltar is going to tell us that in order to stop the thieves because uh, they cannot steal because you can't put your hand in there. If it was wide on top, then a guy can make believe that he's going to put tzedakah in. And meanwhile, instead of putting in, he's taking out. So they put it narrow on top like a shofar. It's narrow on top, wide on the bottom. There was 13 of those shofarot throughout the Beit HaMikdash. Shalosha Asar Shulchanot. There were 13 tables in the Beit HaMikdash. Shalosh Eslech Tehavayot Ayub HaMikdash. And there were 13 times that they would bow in the Beit HaMikdash. There were different gates. Every time they would enter a different gate, they would bow in front of the gate. So there was 13 times bowing was done in the Beit HaMikdash. The family of Rabban Gamliel and of Hananyas Sagana Kohanim, Hayumish Tahadim Barbaraste. 
they would actually bow 14 times. The 13 of the gates, and the 14th time they were bowing. Where? Where was the extra bowing that they did? In front of the area, the uh, pen or the corral that they used to keep the wood. They had a storage house, where they would keep the wood for the Mizbeah. So whenever they would walk into that uh, room over there, they would bow. What's so kadosh about the, the room that they store the wood? So the Gemara says, Sheken Masorit Biyadam Avotehem. They had a tradition from their forefathers, Shesham Ha'aron Mignaz. That that's where the Aron of the first bit of Mignaz, Yoshia Melech, dug it over there and hid it underneath the ground of the Dira Aitzim. So they knew that was a very holy place. So whenever they would walk to the Dira Aitzim, they would bow first because they knew the Aron. Which is the ark that had the luchot in there. So therefore it was buried in that spot. And the second bet of Agnash, the Aron, was not there. Yoshia Melech was gonezet, he hid it after the first bet of Agnash. There was a story of a certain Kohen. He was a Baal Mum, so he couldn't work as a Kohen. So they gave him a, a, another job. What was his job? His job was to crack open the wood to make sure there's not worms in the wood. Because you weren't allowed to use wormy wood for the Mizbayah. Shayam mit Asik. He was working. What was he working? Chopping wood to check to see if there's no worms in there. He looked at the floor where he was working and he saw the floor wasn't level. There was a rock that was a little higher than the other rocks that were on the floor. So he said, oh, somebody hid something over here and he realized that that's where the Aron was. Right under this rock. So he came to tell his friend uh, he found the uh, Aron. Before he was able to actually point out the exact spot where the Aron was, already he died. It seems that Menashamayim they didn't want him to reveal the exact spot, but already his friend realized it's somewhere in the vicinity. They knew already it's somewhere in the Dira Aitzim over here, so therefore they they got it. They, they knew exact spot, but they knew exactly the vicinity. Comes again and says, Tani, we learned in the Brayta, Hashofarot Alalu. These shofarot, these boxes that they were called shofarot, Akomot Ayu. They were like uh, they were bent. How were they bent? So Gemara says, Sarot Mel Malan. They were narrow on the top, like a shofar. The Rechavot Mel Matan. They got wide on the bottom. They weren't straight. It started narrow and got wide. Again, because of the thieves, because of the crooks. We didn't want people to go, put their hand in, make believe they're giving sadaqah, and meanwhile, they're taking sadaqah, or they're stealing sadaqah. Tani, b'shem rabbi li'ezet, ha'aron gala'imahim li'babil. Gemara says, the ta'aron, that was in the Beit HaMikdash, went with the Jewish people when they exiled, when they were exiled to Babil. So Gemara says, my ta'ama, what, what, what's, what's to mean? Where, where's your source? They give How do you know that? So the Gemara quotes a pasuk. The pasuk says like this: Lo yivater davar amar Hashem, which means the pasuk is discussing over there, and I quote it: Hine yamin ba'im. Days are coming. This is the prophecy that was given in Melachim. V'nisa kol asher bebetecha va'asher atzru avotecha adayum azebabela. All the treasury and all the kedim and all the vessels are going to go to Babel. Lo yivater davar. Nothing is going to remain. Nothing is going to be left over. Now, why is, what is the extra? Well, it's everything. Why is it lo yivater davar? It's extra. So the Gemara Zdoresh, en davar ela shadberot etocho. The davar is lashon deberot. What's the said deberot? The item that has the Ten Commandments in it, that's going also. Which means the Aron is also going with you to Babel. And we have another pasuk that says, and I quote this pasuk, It's that time that the Yenvukhadnesar sent, uh, and asked to be sent to Baver, they brought to Baver, what did they bring to Baver? The treasured Kelim uh, of the Bet Hashem. What's the most treasured piece in the Bet HaMikdash? That is referring to the Aron. So we have two Pesukim. So the rabbis ask, what do you need two Pesukim for? So the Taklin says, because if it was just on the first Pesuk, it doesn't say they brought it to Babel. It says it was a prophecy that it's going to go to Babel. But a prophecy can change. Especially a bad prophecy, if the Jews are worthy, yeah. it'll change. But the second person clearly says, maybe, yeah, they actually brought meaning it happened. Uh, so according to, according to this opinion, 
But what do you mean? I thought we said it was uh, in the Mishnah. It was uh, Ganus. It was hidden in the uh, Mishkat. So we're going to really see over here that it seems there was two Aronot. There was Aron they had in the Beit HaMikdash. And there was another Aron that they used to travel with. They used to go to war with them and different items. So according to this, you have to say one was in the Beit HaMikdash. That was the real uh, one that they had in the Beit HaMikdash. And the other one went with them to Babel. As we're going to see now in the Gemara. The Bishma'on ben Lakish Omer. Bishma'on ben Lakish says, Bimkomo haya Aron Nignaz. He says, no, no, no. You know where the Aron was? In its place. Which means wherever it was in the Kodesh Kodashim, right under the Kodesh Kodashim, the Aron buried. was buried. And he quotes a Pasuk. Hadaw Dikhtiv, Vaya Arihu Abadim, Vayiru Rashia Abadim el Kodesh, El Penea Debir, Velo Yiru Ahutsa. Actually, let me quote you the pasuk correctly. The badim were the poles of the Aron. That's how they carried the Aron. The poles on the side of the Aron. It says, You were able to see the poles that were in the Kodesh Kodashim. You were able to see them protruding into the Kodesh. Now, how did you see them protruding? There was a curtain between the Kodesh and the Kodesh, Kodashim. And the Pasuk says, But well, you couldn't see them outside. Well, make up your mind. You just said you could see them in the Kodesh. And now it says, you couldn't see them. So the Gebra is going to be Doresh. Well, you could see them, but you couldn't see them. How? So the Gebra says, Ketiv, It says in the beginning of the Pasuk, you were able to see the poles. And then it says what? You weren't able to see them. I'm giving you the whole Pasuk. Make up your mind. So the Gebra says, they were seen, but they weren't seen. How? Which means the curtain was cloth. So the poles of the Aron, they would protrude against the, against the cloth. So therefore, on the other side of the curtain, you weren't able to see the Badim themselves, but you knew they were there. Because you saw the protrusion. Like the protrusion of the Dadim of an Isha and a garment. So the same thing over here. Now, from where do we see in this Pasuk that the Aron was actually... Buried. Buried. According to this person, what's the what's the ayah? Well, because the pasuk says, and over here, the end of the pasuk over there, and they were there until today. So, what do you see from there? That was buried in that spot. The Gemara doesn't give you those words, but that's that's the key of the pasuk. They were buried in the spot until today. So that shows you that was not taken to Bavin. It was actually now. What do you mean? We have a pasuk that says it was taken to Bavin. So you have to say, else there was two Aronot. There was the Aron and the Beit Hamikdash that was buried in its spot. There was another Aron that was taken with them to Bavin. Comes the Gemara and says, Amri, the Rabbi said, Okay, like we learned in the Mishnah. It was buried in the wood chamber. There was a Kohen that was a Baal Mum. He had a blemish, so he could not work in the Beit HaMikdash. He was in charge of cracking the wood in the Lishkat Aizim to see that there's no worms. So the floor was not level with its neighbor. He went to tell his friend, Go look at this floor where it's not equal level with the rest of the floor. Before he was able to finish what he was saying, his neshama left him, and he knew clearly, same story of Amishnah. He knew that the Aron was Ganus. So therefore, some say it was in its place, some say it was in the Shkat. It seems a different mahlukah exactly where the Aron is buried. Tani, Rabbi Shayah, Hekish Alea Bekunas. So Rabbi Shayah continues the story. He says the fellow took a hammer and he wanted to bang the a rock that was not level. He wanted to bang it. Right back into its place. Right back into its place. A fire came out of the rock and burned him and killed him. Because the Kiddushah of the Aron was over there. So that's how he died. He died by trying to go close to the rock. Uh, clearly, says there were two Aronot that traveled with Bnei Israel in the Midbar. By one, the Torah was actually in it. And one had the broken luchot. 
But they, they broke the Lord of Kedushah to them. So then what they do? They broke the Lord, they put in a separate Aron. The one that had the Torah in it itself, that was placed in Oil Mu'id. Hadaw Dikhtiv, like it says, Aron Berit Hashem, Umoshe, Lo Mashu Mikirva Machaneh. Which means that Aaron did not move from the Mahane. Which means they didn't go out to war. It stayed exactly in the Ohr Mu'id. Mm-hmm. She's the one that had the Luhot in it. The Shivri Luhot, that would go out and in with the people. We skip the parentheses. The Rabbanan Amri, the Rabbi say, Aaron Echad Haya. The Rabbi said, there was one Aaron. And it had in it everything. Upamachat. And it only went out once. In the time of Ali, when there was a war, they took it out to go fight the Pilish team. That would happen, it got taken into captivity. Now, there's a proof to the Rabbanan that there was one Aaron and it never went out. Why? Because when the Pilish team saw the Aaron, they were shocked. They said, which means they say, whoa, who's going to save us from this, from this uh, God of the Jews? They were shocked because they saw something they never saw in their lives. They never saw the Aron go, to war. go out, out to war. So the Palestinians were shocked. They said, whoa, who's going to save us from, this, uh, from these gods? So therefore you see that must have been a novelty that the Aron went out to war. So the fact the Palestinians react like that, it's a proof to the rabbis that there was only one Aron and it never went out. Right? says, We have a because he said what? There were two Aronot. Right. That one stayed and one went out to war with them. Says, Shaul Shaul tells Ahia, Hagisha Arona Elohim. Says, Go bring me the Aron Elohim. Go bring me the uh, ark. So the Gibra says, What do you mean? The Alo Aron, the Kiryat Yarimaya. What do you mean? The Aron was in the Mishkan. The Mishkan was in a place called Kiryat Yarim. He was in a different place, Shaul. So obviously he was telling him, go bring me the other Aron. There must have been two Aronot. He wasn't telling him to go to take the one in the Mishkan. It seems, Agishu, bring it close. Meaning it was there. Yeah. What do you mean? It was close. Ela, what do you see? According to the Bidab and there must have been two Aronot. What did the rabbis do with that pasuk? Right. The rabbis, there was only one Aron. Oh, How was Shaul yeah. saying, bring me close to Aron? So the Gemara answers, Ma'avdun Rabbanan, Hagisha Elai Hatsits. Bring me the seats. Now, why is the seats called the Aron? Because the seats they also would put in an Aron in a box. So he was telling him, bring me the Aron, bring me the box that has the seats in it. He wasn't asking for the Aron, Berit Hashem. So therefore, it was really only one. So everybody not only where the Aron was Nignaz, but exactly how much Aron there was. According to Shittat Rabbanan, Shittat Rabbanan is there's only one Aron.